0: I'm going to go quick this morning. Um, I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to be very clear and very concise. I am not going to picture, uh, color the picture in here for you. I want you, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, to go home and read the story that I'm getting ready to share with you. Um, I want you to take away from some some of this this morning and go journey on this by yourself. Um, three things I want to say this morning. And I'm going to get to Genesis chapter 3. So if you want to go ahead and turn in there, that's where I'm going to start this journey. Um, But I want to just tell you where we're getting ready to go over the next few weeks. Um, I'm going to be talking uh, next Sunday a little bit more in depth about this. And then the next Sunday, Pastor Brent's going to join in and teach. Um, But I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. Um, His name is the Holy Spirit. And I want to walk you through a journey with him and you, and I want to tell you what my friendship or relationship, whichever you want to call it, I prefer to call it a friendship because um, he and I are just that close. And I want to just journey with you over the next several weeks about what a friendship with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit looks like, all right? Um, we all have this God thing, pretty much. If you're in church, this down here in the South, um, you know we we know God created everything, right? We know that He's He's here, and He was the one who said, "Let there be light," and He is on the throne, and and we're good with God. And we're understanding back because we're going to look at Genesis chapter three this morning. That there was actually a time when a man by the name of Adam literally walked with God. All right? Turn into Genesis chapter 3 and I want you to see this. And, and this is just the way I read scripture cuz I read it and it seems to grow and change color almost almost every time I read scripture and as I was reading and preparing for this this morning of what my relationship or friendship with the Holy Spirit looks like, he took me to this And he started to show me what it looked like when man actually walked with God. Genesis chapter 3, look at this. I'm going to start at verse 8. It says, then the man, who was Adam and his wife Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. You guys, I don't know if you've ever seen that, picked up on that, ever heard that God was actually making sound as he walked through the garden. Any deer hunters in the house? A bunch of preps down here, all right? We don't deer hunt. I thought we had more rednecks in the house than that, but goodness, maybe this story's not going to work out. Well, I'm not a deer hunter either, but I've pulled the trigger on two guns and killed two deer. How about you? I'm 100%. But I was in Moxville in my first church that I ever pastored in Moxville. You can't get there from here. And I had a dear friend, and he took me deer hunting. And he said, here's what you do. And I'm like, well, cool. Sounds good to me. And that's what we did. So I would go up into the tree stand early in the morning, and I would literally look over my shoulder because there had to be like a 40-point buck or a bear running through the woods at me. And so I'd get ready. And then it finally came upon me, and it was a little squirrel. If you've ever deer hunted... Give me a little nod. I, it's what it said. Those squirrels make so much rustling through the woods, but God made sound as he walked through the garden. And, and I know that this is on the, the heels of the original sin coming into an existence. And I know that this story is where Adam and Eve are like hiding, but they had to have heard, they heard God actually walking through the garden. And I guarantee you, Adam, Adam, the guy that we're talking about here. Adam probably flashed back to those very intimate times when he and God walked through the garden and it says early in the morning. He had to have think back on those times when he and God were walking maybe arm in arm, maybe arms around each other when he and God were walking through the garden and Adam probably remembered those, those, the smells of the garden. I'm a visual learner, so I need to, to know these things and I need to see them. I guarantee you Adam can remember the coolness of the morning. I, rem- I bet you Adam remembered some of the things that God said to him. Things that you and I would not be able to comprehend on this side of eternity. I bet you Adam was like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that sound. Eve, we've messed this thing up, so we need to go and hide. And what I'm saying is there was a time when God actually walked with man. So here's the bad part of it, I guess. It's actually not the end of the story, but it is is a low point in the story. It says, the man, Adam and his, he, Adam and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God in the trees of the garden. Verse nine says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Verse ten, Adam answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? So I want to entitle this talk for the next 30 minutes. You're not naked. Fair enough? You're not naked. See, the low point of this story where there is, this is the low point. There's another high point that comes to the very end of this thing if you'll read through it. The low point here is that man one time walked with God Arm in arm in the garden, but sin actually broke that perfect relationship. And I know it's something that we don't talk about in church because we're supposed to tell you how graceful God is. We're supposed to tell you how good you are, how beautiful you are, how wonderful you are, how everything's going to turn out in the end. That's what we do. That's what we have at least been blamed or accused of. But this morning, what I've got to do is I've got to tell you something. There is something that is called sin that is in many of our lives. And it is literally hindering me and the Holy Spirit, God, walking arm in arm through this very day. See, I'm going to jump to the very end of my teaching is that I believe Because I know the Holy Spirit is my friend. He wants to be with me every second of every day. He actually wants to be with me more than I want to be with him. I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is sitting there in my room every morning. He is waiting, positioning himself. I can't wait to see what Scott and I get to do today. And I'm just gonna be honest, and I know you can judge me if you want to. I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to have all this stuff figured out, but I don't. There are days when I decide to pick up my old dead self, my flesh, and say, hey, let's go have a good time today. That's just what I do. Instead of partnering and walking literally with God, the Holy Spirit, who's wanting to spend time with me, I choose to do just basically the opposite. And so I know because the Lord has told me, he hasn't said it's you or you or you, but he has said there are people who have accepted what Jesus Christ did on the cross. There are Christians in this very room who have sin in their life. And because we have been told, I don't know if it's been in church or who's been telling us this, but we have been told if there is sin in your life, then you need to go hide in the trees of the garden. And you have sin in your life. You're supposed to be riddled with shame. In fact, the enemy turns it up a notch and says, Oh, you you can't overcome that addiction, that sin that you have in your life. Why don't you just kill yourself? I am tired. Tired of seeing sin ravage people's lives. I'm tired of sitting with people who I love saying it would literally be better if I didn't wake up tomorrow. Life would be better for everybody else. I am sick of it. Instead of us just continuing to pile on the cover up. Instead of us walking back here into the darkness and allowing shame to kill us. And I know what shame does. I know what shame feels like. I've got a 16-year-old basically on the horizon. Next Tuesday, pray for us, please, in Jesus' name. In the spirit, sing in the spirit, do whatever you need to do. I've got a 16-year-old on the horizon. That means he's getting ready to get his driver's license. I gave him my black truck. I love my black truck. Some of you judge me for my black truck. I don't care. I have a nice black truck that I'm giving to him. And so what I had to do is I had to get a car. I had to get a car, and I don't want any debt. I hate debt. I don't. I'm not in debt. I hate debt. And so I, I found a car. It's my grandmother's car. <laughs> Enough said. But let me go into show the story a little bit more. So she's 99 years old, and she just stopped driving last year. And she drove this car, and it is a 99 Toyota Avalon, and it is not nice. All right, it was $2,000 and I had $2,000 and so I bought it. Now I drive it once in a while because when i take long trips, I had to go out of town last night, I drove it and I know what shame feels like, man. I'm just being honest. I'm making light of something very serious, but I know because last night I got done. I was at a church last night with a friend of mine and I was driving back and I was in Bermuda run. Bermuda run's a nice area. And uh, I stopped at the Zaxby's. I was the only person in Zaxby's. I was sitting there eating a a salad by myself. And I mean, that's shameful enough. I'm sitting there thinking I, I was wanting people to know I got a beautiful wife at home and four kids and I'm actually pretty successful. That's what I was wanting people to know. I was like, you can judge me all you want. I know. I'm at Zach's, eating a salad all by myself at like 10 o'clock at night, but hold the applause, right? And so I was sitting there and then to top it all off, to take the shame factor to the summit, I walked out of the restaurant, it was dark and I walked out and my white car was just glowing, like the Holy Spirit was all over this white Camry, I mean Avalon, it's an Avalon, not a Camry for those who are wondering, all right? And my white car was sitting there parked beside. Have you seen the Jeeps these kids drive these days? They look like they straight, came straight from Afghanistan, but they're spotless. These things are jacked up this high. And literally parked beside of my 99 Avalon was one of these Jeeps. And I was like, God, that's nice. And I wasn't talking about my Avalon. I was talking about that. And, and, and here's the thing. This is the crazy thing. I look, and again, I know what shame does to you because it makes you very self-aware. I looked into the window of the drive through to make sure no one watched me get in my car. I actually was like, maybe they'll think I'm getting into this Jeep. No, they won't. But I know what shame does to us. And there are some people in this very room that sin is all over us. We live with sin. We have actually just come to accept it. And I want to tell you, that is probably the reason why some of us are in the position that we're in. We feel like that God and us, there is no way that we can walk arm in arm through the garden ever again. And so our natural response is just to run and hide. And I just wanna tell you this morning, that is a lie. That is not the response. I want to create an environment right here in this community, whether it's at Hope City or whether it's somewhere else, but I love this community. And I want to see an environment where a man can come up to another man and say, you know what? I am, I am riddled with sin. I am burdened by sin in my life. My friend that I was at his church last night, he called me up there and I, I got to pray and I, I, I didn't do anything in the service really. But he, I, I, he called me up there and I just, I got to pray. And it was just he and I and one of his intercessors sitting in a room. And my friend who was getting ready to go on stage in front of a packed house to preach. He said, hey man, I, I just got to confess something. And I'm going to be honest with you, that caught me off guard. I don't, I don't get many men, definitely don't get any women who come up to me and say, hey, hey man, I just need to confess something to you. He said, Hey, Scott, man, I, I just really feel like I've got to confess something to you. And he said, Scott, I have really all day been hearing the enemy lie to me. And it has caused me to be more concerned about how many people are in this church service tonight than actually what God has laid on my heart. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how refreshing. And so we got to pray right there and, and cast out the lies of the enemy. But it first had to be exposed he first had to come out into the light and say hey man i just need to confess something to you you see you've been lied to and what you've been told is you're naked you're naked you are vulnerable you should be ashamed are you kidding me look at you you're naked what i'm here today to tell you is you're not naked you are not separated from the father Oh, listen, sin is real. Sin is killing people. It is destructive to some of my very dear friends. Sin is an issue, but here's the thing. We resolve it by confessing it and continuing to walk arm in arm with the presence of God. You're not naked. If there's sin in your life, you're not judged here. You're not made to feel shameful in this place. So if you're a Christ follower and someone confesses something to you and you judge them and you push them in arms, listen, no, 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 you're supposed to love on them. It's a refreshing thing when someone says, hey, here is something that is ravaging my life. Oh, listen, you may go to jail. If you come to me and say, hey, you know, I killed somebody last night. I hate that. Do you still have the gun on you? No. Okay, well, listen, I'm going to call the cops real quick. But here's the deal. I'll come visit you in jail. I've got story after story after story of sin being hidden in the trees of the garden. And it breaking people's relationship with the father. You see, God, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. God went looking for Adam and Eve. If he was the God that many people follow today, he would have never gone and looked for Adam and Eve. If he is the God of many people that I have heard think about God, he would have destroyed Adam and Eve on the spot. But no, he went and looked for them. And yes, I know what happened to them, but that brings out the beauty of what God does next with his son, Jesus Christ. So if you have sin in your life, today's a wonderful time to confess it and come clean and rejoin the arms with the Holy Spirit. Because I promise you, there's nothing that you have done that has caused him to go run and hide from you. Amen? See, so here's the second thing. That's God. Adam and God used to walk arm in arm with each other. It's crazy to think about. But then you got Jesus. And down here in the South, we're good with God. We got it. And like Jesus, man, we were good with Jesus. We're thankful. We champion what Jesus did for us on the cross. Tons of Christians in this area. Tons of Christians. And we're good with Jesus. You know, Jesus used to walk arm in arm with man as well, right? Jesus had a group of people that he walked with. There was actually twelve that walked with him really closely. And I, I talked to a young lady that's been to Israel lately. Some of you have been in Israel here. Israel's not a huge area, it's not like this huge landmass. From actually like from the northern part where like like uh the, the, the Sea of Galilee down here to the Dead Sea, Jerusalem over here, it's not large. Jesus walked everywhere he went. And every time that Jesus went on a journey, most of the time he had some guys with him. And so we have accounts, go to the gospel. The gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, whichever one you want to pick out. Those four books make up the gospel. And they tell us about the life of Jesus. And you pick anyone. I'm really into John right now, which you'll see here towards the end of the message. John is something that I'm reading. Just go read John and you'll see all the ventures that Jesus took. He always had someone with him unless he was going to get alone with the father. But he went arm in arm and he walked with these guys. And this one in particular, and I'm not going to take you to the reference this morning, but for time's sake, there was this one time and it was towards the end of Jesus's ministry and his life that he was knowing that he was going to the cross. And he was, in, he was in agony, guys. He was probably at one of the worst places that Jesus could have been here on this earth. And he said, hey, you guys come pray with me. And then he took three of them and he names them Peter, James, and John. He took Peter, James, and John. And he said, hey, you guys, you come on a little further with me and I want you to pray right here. I'm gonna go into the garden and I'm gonna pray. And you know the story if you went to Sunday school. If you have been in this church, you've heard us even tell this story. That Jesus came back and, and what were those guys doing? Sleeping. They were sleeping. They had literally been walking with Jesus. He had, they had been seeing what Jesus had been doing. They had heard Jesus talking. They knew that this guy was different. They had walked arm in arm with him. What a phenomenal thing. But at his neediest moment, Jesus' neediest moment, these guys fell asleep. And I believe there are a lot of Christians, and I'm just going there this morning, that are in this place and you're asleep. You are asleep. You have known what it is like to walk with God, but something has happened. Someone offended you. Some church harmed you. And for that, listen, I am sorry, but I want you to understand, you better not fall in love with this church. You better fall in love with the presence of God because we're human. We fail. We will let you down, not on purpose, but we are human I don't want you falling in love with the the thought of Hope City or even the people of this church or the pastors of this church. You must fall in love with Jesus. And I know that some of you have been hurt. You've been betrayed. Something has come against you that you are not okay with. And you love Jesus, but it has literally extinguished your fire. It's put you out. And I want to just tell you today... For some of us in this room, it's time to wake up. You see, God has gifted you. He has favored your life. He has specific callings on your life. He has bestowed upon you amazing things so that you can be a part of advancing his kingdom. I say this and people don't know how to take it yet. And I'm really trying to work on it. But I want to tell you something. I am highly favored of the Lord. I really am. It amazes me to how God favors me. You see, see, I got to take it to the next level because I feel like this cushions it a little bit. But you also are highly favored of the Lord. You also are God's favorite You also are a huge part of what God is doing in this movement through our community. But can I tell you, God doesn't favor me so much just so that I prosper. God has not lavished me with gifts of his Holy Spirit. He has not bestowed upon me amazing abilities so that I advance my kingdom. You see, immediately most people, when they hear me say I'm highly favored, they think that's arrogance. No, I just understand my position in Jesus Christ. Why in the world would I be arrogant when I know that what I have was not created by me? You see, many of you have gifts You have the gift set, you have the blessing, you have the favor of God. And because someone or something has offended you, you have literally just stood back and gone to sleep. I talked to a lady just last night. It's amazing when you see a brother or sister who is literally full of the Holy Spirit that has a friendship with the Holy Spirit, it's like we are attracted to each other. I was talking to this middle-aged lady, and she and I were speaking the same language. And even she said to me, she said this very thing, and I didn't want to get into it and dive into it and say, hey, well, no, that's not the right thinking. But it just made me understand that, guys, I know that you may not want to venture down a road talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. But guys, you weren't intended to live the Christian life by yourself. You cannot do it. So if all I do is tell you about salvation in Jesus, what I'm doing is I'm saying, hey, dude, just sit on the sideline. I hope you die soon so you can go to heaven. No, I've got to talk to you about the power of God here on this very earth that causes us to be a huge part of the kingdom of God. And my friend, this lady who I just met yesterday, she said, Scott, have you ever heard anyone sing in the spirit? And I was like, well, yeah, I was singing in the spirit earlier this morning, right over there. And I wanted to say to her, hey, dear, you too can sing in the spirit. And some of us are, the the, the question mark, what are you talking about? Listen, I'll just tell you some homework if you want to. Go read 1 Corinthians, like, chapter 12, 13, and 14. And just look at what Paul, the dude who wrote most of this New Testament, says about singing in the Spirit, all right? But I wanted to say to her, hey, hon, sometimes people don't like me calling hon, that's just what I do, sister Sort of a little informal. You too can sing in the spirit. Hey, for some of you in this room today, I want to shake you and wake you up and say, hey, you know what? You too can prophesy. I want to shake you and I want to say, wake up because God has given you the ability to teach. You can teach. For some in this room, you have the gift to be able to intercede and pray, and you're not doing it. I want to shake you up, and I want to say, hey, you have the ability and the giftings to pray the pain off this wall. You see, but what's happened is you've put it, not you, but the church has put it all over here on me. And I'm going to be honest with you, man, I'll carry it for a little while and I'll carry it for a little distance, but there is no way I can do what we can do together. Let me just go ahead and verbalize this. Some of you, some people, you get offended when I don't do something that the pastoral role says I should do. You don't need me Do you know what you need? And I'm going to tell you what you need is you need the presence of God. And I want to tell you, my wife, Josh, I see people on this front row. I see people on the second row. I see people on the third row. I see a room full of people who are full of the Holy Spirit. And it is the same Holy Spirit that I am friends with that fills my life. And so if you really want power, my friends, this room is full of it because I see people full of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, if you want attention, that's a whole nother story. Because that's what I see a lot of people wanting is attention over the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I was just checking. I didn't know if I'd lost you or not. But Hey guys, the path that we've been going on for a hundred, couple of hundred years. I believe what God is saying to me through his presence is saying, hey Scott, I'm gonna show you something new. Something that's probably not going to be recognizable to you, but it's from me, so you can trust me. Your sin doesn't scare me. Your slumber doesn't scare me, but I want to do something with it. Some of you in this room, it's time to wake up and join back arms with the presence and the power of God, and let's start walking. Last thing, third, I told you I had three, is this. And it is the person of the Holy Spirit. You have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit. Same one, still trying to figure it out. If you've got it figured out, let me know. But I have a friendship with the Holy Spirit. I walk with him. I want to say I walk with him 100% of the time. I, I, I haven't done that yet. I would lie to you if I said that. But I know that the Holy Spirit is positioned every day to walk with Scott Newton. And he is positioned every day to walk with you as well. And here's what it looks like in my life. He guides everything about my life. I told you I was going to take you to John at the end of this thing. Turn with me to John 16. John chapter 16. Jesus is talking here. and, um, And look at what he says about my friend, the Holy Spirit. Look at this. I'm going to just start in verse 12. You can read the whole chapter if you want later. John chapter 16, verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. This is personal. This is personal. I took you to Adam who walked with God. I took you to the twelve disciples, then the three favored disciples, and they walked with Jesus. Adam walked with God. The disciples walked with Jesus. Who's walking with the Holy Spirit? I am. This guy is walking with the Holy Spirit. How many of you in this room want to walk with the Holy Spirit? I want to, I want more than I've even experienced. The newness that he said, you may not even recognize at first, you actually may be afraid of it at first. I want it. I don't care how crazy it makes me look. I don't care what other people say about it, but I want to walk on a daily basis with my friend, the Holy Spirit, who is just as real as you are sitting in that chair. It says that he will guide us. I know I'm not the only person in this room who needs some guidance. I need some guidance. And I know that this may, listen, we'll talk about this. We're going to journey. I'm going to use Jesus' own words. Jesus said, it is a good thing that I'm going away. Jesus is not here, guys. He said, it is a good thing It is a good thing that I'm going away. That's what Jesus said. Jesus is not here. But the Holy Spirit is in this room. The Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about this next Sunday. The Holy Spirit resides in this body. You see, that changes the game. Not that we're playing a game, but that changes the game. Do you know what that means when you walk into the restaurant this afternoon for lunch? If the Holy Spirit resides in this, guess who just showed up at the restaurant? Who? Boom. Come on. Listen. I'm not feeling good. Somebody's going to say that to you at work tomorrow, I'm promising you. Not feeling very good. My shoulders hurting. My back's hurting. My wife, I know that I think that's what she just did. My back's been bothering me. I sat down there. She just placed her hand on. I know she was praying for healing. Guess what? She's not just good looks on the outside, but she has the Holy Spirit living on the inside of her. And when she hears that there is someone with a physical ailment, she has the gift of healing that has been given to her because the Holy Spirit lives inside of her. And so, some tomorrow, Scott, I don't, I'm not qualified to do this. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm not educated in this. Newsflash. I'm not either. I walk with my friend, the Holy Spirit. And he tells me things. And he guides me all along the way. So when tomorrow somebody says, Man, I got a headache, my shoulder hurts. Hey, you know what? Can I just place my hand on you and like talk to God? See, he's the one who does the healing, not you. I don't know who ever taught that. Go read this for yourself, all this. It says that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak his own words, but he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. This is personal. This is not, don't take, don't get on my coattails and try to get into the kingdom and the presence of God on my coattails. I can't do it for you. Because if I could have done it for you, I'd have already done it by now. There would be nobody addicted to alcohol. There would be nobody needing to go to rehab. There would be nobody sitting in front of me saying, you know what, it'd be better off if I was just dead. Because if I could do it for you, I would have already done it. I can't do this for you. But my friend, the Holy Spirit can. And he will. He says that he wants to tell you things that are yet to come. Man. And so every day, just like Adam, <laughs> see this? Just like Adam. And just like Peter, James, and John, they were highly favored. Just like them. You and me. I do it. I do it every day. I don't know where you guys are, but every day, every day the Holy Spirit says, "Hey, Scott, let's go take a walk." And today we just ended up here at church. Tomorrow we're going to end up probably working. I'll probably go to sheets. The Holy Spirit and I are going. We're going to walk to sheets. The Holy Spirit and I are going. We're going to walk to cupcake cuties. You see how important things are to me, right? We're just going to walk. That's my friend, the Holy Spirit. And I want to introduce him to you. Because he's not special just to me. He's special to every single one of you.